This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Let's start with soccer because the season began last night. Women's soccer kicked things off nationally, and the Bulls went to Baton Rouge and got the win. One to nothing was the final score. I was keeping an eye on it. I really couldn't watch it full time as I was calling a soccer match myself. Later on, when I got home late, and I haven't listened to the second half yet, got to peep the call of ESPN+. And they did a good job, except for one thing. I don't know if they got a copy of the Bulls roster, because <laughs> maybe that changed in the second half. They were, uh, you know, South Florida and Bulls, but not too specifically. In fact, I think they just tapped out on saying the name of number 10, who has been huge for the Bulls in the preseason and is going to be one of the leaders on the team. Get Tiana Fetoy, the sophomore from Germany, attacking midfielder. And if you missed my anecdote from a couple weeks back, I, at the first practice, was you know getting to meet some of the members of the team. And off to the side was talking to Fetoy about Kiara Hahn, who was the Bulls' leading scorer last year, moved on to play in Germany as a pro, and they're both from Germany. And I asked her if she's been keeping tabs, and of course she said yes all the time. And then I half-jokingly said, well, you're going to have to take up her, her scoring slack because... Well, Han led the team in scoring. Meanwhile, Fettoy had no goals and one assist. Well, in the preseason, she scored in each game. She was clearly a focal point of trying to create the attack as the attacking midfielder. And last night, serving in a perfect corner kick goal to the head of Georgia Brown. LSU, really speedy team. I know the Bulls were concerned with that as they had some midfielders down. Sadie Sider, who is an electric transfer sophomore out of Canada, midfielder, injured, unable to play in this game. And there was definitely some concern that the Tigers might be able to roam up the field with their athleticism, and they sure did. But Arden LaRose, getting the start in keeper after Sidney Martinez, the longtime keeper, graduated, made some solid saves early on. And then off a corner kick in the 17th minute, Fettoy takes it across the top of the box and you could tell not only was it hot it was in the upper 90s and it was seven o'clock our time so it was still warm central time very warm that the sun was in the defender's eyes because basically it was from the right side of the field where the corner kick was coming and that's the way the sun was going down so the Bulls had kind of an advantage there and Brown just sort of snuck in over an LSU defender and put that big frame onto the ball headed it over the goalkeeper's head and into the net. Fetoy would almost make it 2 nothing, and this stood to be a moment, and a big moment, where looking back, if LSU had managed to tie the game, you would have said this was the chance to really not put it away, but, well, get a 2 nothing lead. And it happened just a few minutes later. It would have been 2 nothing 20 minutes into the game. Fetoy uncorked one. Again, her name wasn't mentioned on the TV broadcast, but I digress. And it was a sports center shot if it goes in the net. Instead, it bangs off the post and really should have been a goal either way because Peyton Vinzi, the transfer from Oklahoma State, who also scored in each of the Bulls' preseason games, both of them, had a wide open net. She had time to collect it and then just tap it in, but she tried to sort of scuttle it in one time and it went right to the goalkeeper who was still on the ground. I mean, this should have been 2 nothing. The Bulls really kind of took over. They outshot LSU at one point in this game, 7-3. to three. Now, the shots would favor LSU in the end, 9-7. to seven. That's because the Bulls were hanging on to the lead. And even though the Tigers seemed like they were 
always having the field tilted in their direction, the Bulls hold on for the win. The Bulls had to defend a free kick with about 30 seconds to go. There really wasn't much to it. And one nothing at LSU. The starting lineup, great to see Vivian Bissett back out there. She did not play in the home preseason match. Georgia Brown also in the center of that defense. Cena Mark Fardson on the left side and Maria Bulis on the right side. You know, Bulis did charge up the field a couple of times. That's something we didn't see much last year. In fact, she created a near goal before the Bulls actually got their goal. The starting freshman that has gained a lot of praise from Denise Shilty Brown, Elise Thornton, was in the lineup. Mentioned the transfer of Vinci. Of course, Madison Schwarzenberger, the defensive midfielder. She played the full 90 minutes along with Bissett, which is no surprise for Vivian or Brown to go the distance. Anna Suter also went the full 90 minutes. Now, that shows you how dinged up they are in the midfield. Suter is kind of a forward who can play anywhere on the pitch. She did not leave the field. That is quite an impressive debut for the Bulls anyway, for the UTSA transfer. Only three players came off the bench. Now think about that. It is 97 degrees at kickoff. You are going to try and sub out as many people as you can, and the Bulls just didn't have the bodies. Kendall Lincoln, Corey Peace, and Jade Prejean, another freshman, came in, and none of them played more than 30 minutes. Prejean actually, though, came on at the very end to do some valuable defending. What a win for the Bulls, who stay in the state of Louisiana. They will play a team that was ranked quite low last season, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. You don't want to assume anything, but a 2-0 start on the road seems like it is right there for the Bulls, although we should mention Louisiana did start off its season with a 1-1 tie against Middle Tennessee State. In Murfreesboro, the Blue Raiders tied it up with about a half hour to go. That's where the Bulls are, not Murfreesboro, Lafayette, on Sunday afternoon, where the high temperature is supposed to be 99 degrees. So hopefully they get a nice rest in between. Hey, speaking of rest in between, we've been talking about the schedule for the women's soccer team being a little unusual that six of the first seven matches are on the road. And as we noted earlier this week, you had three straight Sundays on the road with no game in between. And to me, non-conference anyway, usually there's just a midweek game or at least one, maybe more. Now there are. The Bulls announced on Wednesday morning that they have added two home matches. If you missed that, so two more chances to see this team. Now, these will not help or hurt the Bulls' RPI because they're not against Division One teams. But it will be a chance, I'm guessing, and hopefully the team is a little bit more healthy by then to see some more ladies get on the pitch. They will be playing St. Leo on Wednesday, August the 30th, last day of the month. My gosh, we're getting there, aren't we? So that will be match number six of the season. So that's the midweek between the first of those three straight Sundays on the road in the state of Florida, incidentally. So there's no plane trips. They go to FGCU the prior Sunday, which is next Sunday. Then they go to Tallahassee that following Sunday. And then in between FSU and UCF trips, they will now host Florida College. That'll be Thursday, September the 7th. Both of those games are 7 o'clock kicks. And from what I understand, neither will be televised. So guess where you can listen to them? You know it. Right here on Bulls Unlimited. And I think both of them might be free to attend, but 
we will go ahead and confirm that when we can find out. But two more matches added to the USF women's soccer schedule. Well, the men wrapped up their preseason last night with a 2-0 win against UCF. A little bit of a misleading final score. The Knights certainly had more of the scoring opportunities. In the end, they outshot the Bulls 9-3. But you know what? Last year at the end of the regular season, the Bulls were getting outshot 5-0 and ended up beating UCF 2-1. Even though the Bulls had some decent buildup, UCF, which still had its top scorer, Luca Dorado, had 13 goals two years ago and 11 goals last season. He never really got anything going. He tried three long shots that missed badly, but some freshman transfers were giving UCF the look of a team that was going to score a goal. One thing that didn't happen in the first two preseason victories, 6-1 to one against UT most recently before that 4-1 to one against Southeastern U. The Bulls didn't get truly tested defensively. Alan Horrocks, the first-half goalkeeper, and Jorge Ortega, the second-half goalkeeper, both vying for the starting job, and both made big stops last night. This was the most difficult when the game was scoreless. Oh, well-timed run. This is a chance for Baum. He's in ahead of the defense, chance for a goal. Oh, what a stop by Horrocks. Emmanuel Baum timed his run perfectly and had to come up with the goods there. It was a powerful shot. Horrocks used his body to block it. Excellent stuff from the sophomore from Argentina. That absolutely looked like one nothing UCF. Bulls definitely got vastly outshot in this game, but when they had their opportunities, and you'll hear Bob Butehorn mention this, they took advantage and they took a lead here. So good, Anderson, he wants to turn, gets it to his left foot, now slots it for a chance, and that's a goal. No flag, that is a lead for USF. Laura Kostanchik, while the Knights players were turning to the assistant referee, was in all alone, and what a feed by Anderson. And the first shot of the game for South Florida is goal number one of the game for either team. Kostanchik, the sophomore, had two goals in his previous game, and Anderson, the transfer from NC Wilmington with a fantastic setup. Still, if you were listening to the broadcast, you heard me say that it looked like, well, frankly, UCF had a goal in it. But there was one good denial by Jorge Ortega, and then the game started bogging down just a little bit while the Bulls Defense stood pretty strong. Great to see Brian Schaefer play a relatively full game for the first time in the preseason. In the middle of that defense, along with Nick Scargle, you got on the left and right wing backs, Malthus Haugen and Sergio Paneros Mayorga playing very solidly. Donovan Hesselmeyer again getting a call at defensive midfielder with Takera Mariyama injured. I found out that Take is not seriously injured, but will probably miss their first weekend more on that weekend here in just a little bit. But the second half, sure, if you're listening to the broadcast along with me complaining about, and this had nothing to do with any person, it was the conditions. It was so humid that my broadcast booth was basically sweating. And fortunately, I could see easily left and right, but straight ahead, got a little blurry. Imagine not having windshield wipers, just to give you a visual. But you could definitely see the game bog down a little bit, turn into a bit of a foul fest. But the Bulls were just trying to play it out and UCF had a couple of decent opportunities one nice save by Jorge Ortega really good save and you'll hear Bob Butehorn speak about the goalkeeping competition but the Bulls put it away with a penalty kick ordeal two cracks at it Barkley sends it over to Thompson heads it nicely now plot to end the game sees Thompson over to his right side nice little fancy dribble there JP onto it rolls in the middle the Bulls want a penalty call and they get it 
And we will see who the kick taker is for the Bulls. They hand it off to Shagun Alfalabi. Clock is stopped with 18 and a half minutes to go with a chance here to double the lead. It'll be their third shot of the night. Now Alfalabi to take the kick for the Bulls. Goalkeeper Natoli trying to distract him, going left and right, not doing the arm wave thing. Shagun with his hands on his hips. Very calmly and casually gets the whistle from the official. Over the ball, boots it, and what a stop by Natalie. And I mean, an outstanding stop, but I think he moved too soon. The Bulls are going to get a second chance here. The assistant referee has pointed that Natoli moved forward. You can move left and right, but you can't move forward. So he must have pushed forward to dive to his left. And now he's going to do the full-on gamesmanship thing. Luciano Natoli is going to jump into the eyesight right in front of Alfalabi. So I got to tell you, a great save. So let's see what he does here. He went low and to the right. Take two for the Bulls to try and go up by two. Alfalabi, does he go the same way to his right? We'll find out shortly. He does, and he scores. Boy, that's cheeky right there. Pretty much the same exact spot where he was denied on try one. Not that time. And the Bulls lead it two to nothing with 18.02 left. And that's how it would end. UCF certainly had a goal in, and I think that was more of a two to one final, which is the score the Bulls won by plenty last year, including against the Knights, but two to nothing officially. The Bulls go 3-0 in the preseason. Had a chance to talk to Bob Butehorn for a couple minutes afterwards. We were just talking to the other coach, and it was, we were both saying, it's like it was a really good game for both of us. You know, like it, yeah, we were both tired, and they they kind of had a, little, you know, a lot more of the game that we did, but we were just dangerous when we hit them. So it was good. Uh, did you get overall out of the preseason what you wanted to, just notwithstanding tonight, the whole thing? Yeah. Uh, what, I, what I think we got is like a... A group of guys that they're feeling pretty good and confident, um, but now it gets real. So I think it was it was it's better than coming out 0 and 3, right? <laughs> so I think we we did what we wanted to do. We got some players, we got looks at a lot of guys, uh, and we have talent. That we just got to put it together now. Um, the transfer forwards, nice pickups. Yeah, Jalen and Max. And yeah. Max, uh, is he? You think he's, he's fine? Be that no, he's fine. Time? He just he was smart. Like we got more intelligent guys now. But he said, look, I came off a little tight, right. and I just want to don't go back in and try to go fast. So it was smart on his part. So we didn't use him. And then we, Oscar got a little ding, but that's okay. We're deep, um, and it was good to see you know, uh, Goon get up there and get some time. So it was good. Some of the other guys that you brought in, it looks like you want to get Marco out there a lot. Yeah, Marco's like a good Thompson, player. Thompson's Marco changed the first half for us. Yes. He was the one that kind of broke things open. And then, and, and the thing that's nice is when we combined, they were pretty open. I mean, we could get at them, but we just didn't We didn't have enough of the ball. But what we did tonight, we defended, and we did it really well. They got looks, but our goalkeeper was pretty much seeing the whole thing, so it was good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll take it. Anytime you can beat UCF 2-0, we'll take it. We mentioned the goalkeeping. Uh, you probably wanted to see them get tested, right? Yeah. And now do you have a decision to make? Yes, I do. And I have a decision <laughs> to make in a lot of areas. So I don't know. They've both been very good. Um, and I think, you know, it's for me, those are, these are the, the good things that are hard, you know, to make. I like each position we're deep in. And we just have to get, you know, we just have to get the trust in the guys that when they get their opportunities, they, they make the most of it. So right now, we've got a good group of guys, and it's going to be me selecting who I think is right for Washington. So.
One more for me. I never asked you about this as far as getting these guys on the preseason schedule. Um, I know it's important for, for quality purposes, but did it work out where you're considering regular season? How did yeah, uh, Scott and I just, uh, let's let's say we just didn't get our, you know, schedules matched up. Okay. He thought another day and I had one, and, and honestly, it just was, we missed it. or It would have been a real game. So we got it on for 24 and, and continuing on. So, yeah, we, we both enjoy coaching each other. He's got good teams. We've just kind of had their number for a little while, and I think he's, you know, he had ours for a little bit. So it's it's kind of a, it's a really good rivalry. I like it. And I know a lot of people like my tweet because I simply mentioned the Bulls took care of UCF 2-0. I mean, you think it was some sort of typical Warren I-4. It, it truly wasn't the same being a preseason match. And you just heard he has a lot of respect for Scott Calabrese and vice versa. And you just heard they are officially on their schedule for next year. That'll do it for the Friday Bulls beat. We will talk to you on Monday morning. I'm Derek Sharp.